Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's extra glory over here in this corner of the room. It's right on Dane. It's like, you felt it? Retta, where are you at? Come on up here. If I got some people on the lead team, elders, anybody in here, y'all come up. This girl, this is her last Sunday with the, at the dwelling. Just come on down. We're, we'll sit down here. Um, Retta is, help me out. Let me get down here. Retta is one of our amazing uh, SCAD students, and she graduated. Come on, let's give it up for that. And uh, why don't you just tell us what you're, where you're headed and so right now, I'm going to be on my way to Chicago. I'm going to be working with my cousin on his startup company. And uh, hopefully, again, we'll see what the Lord has in store. But it's all out in the open. <laughs> so one of the things I love about, about um, this house is that people just don't leave. <laughs> we get to send people. And so um, the way we look at it is like just being able to just launch flaming arrows to Chicago or to Africa or to wherever, you know. And so we get to do that today. So I just want to pray over Retta and and just say, number one, we really, like you have impacted this house by being here. We hope that we've given you something that you can take with you to Chicago. We know that what the Lord has for you there is so, so good. And so let's just stretch our hands toward Retta and let's just pray a blessing over her. Lord, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We just, uh, we bless our sister this morning. Lord, we pray that she would just be so full of a love, and she already is, a love and a joy for you, Lord. We just pray that every step she takes, you're already before her, but we just pray, Lord, that that joy and that love and that just passion for Jesus would just be released wherever she goes. We bless you and we love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right, y'all commit to pray for Retta. And if you ever leave, let us bless you like that, okay? Unless you're mad, and then that's okay too. Can I get? We'll just bless you anyway. All right, so um, we have community, thank you. We have community signups happening, started last week. If you've never been in a dwelling community, you're missing like most of the point. So go ahead and get in a dwelling community. Uh, you can sign up on our website, thedwellingchurch.org, or there's a table out there. There's going to be some of our amazing community leaders this semester to answer questions. If you don't know what group you need to be in, there's even a sign-up form. And our uh, communities director, Ashley Prather, she's going to call you and, and help you figure out what group you need to be in. So... Let me just give a shout out to a few of these. Chris and Patty Matthews are leading our Windsor Forest community. Come on, can y'all stand up real quick so these guys can see you? If you live in that area, <clears throat> there's your hookup right there. All right. Effingham people, Tim and Mackenzie Burns said, Matt and Lauren, Ionato, Pooler community, Nate and Nicole Kilburn, where you at? They in here today? Pooler, Pooler 2, Josiah and Emily Frederick in the sound booth. Wilmington Island Community, George and Gretchen Perez and Daniela Limbaga, where you at? Right here, Daniela. West Savannah Community, Robin Savannah Driggers and Jacob and Kelsey Bennett meets right here in the warehouse. 
And I've been told to say there are no pets. So if you're like, have the allergy thing, come to this one because there's no dogs and cats here. Although there has been a number, some animals get in the building. We can't promise anything. Ardsley Park Community, Stephen and Ansley Beatty. And um, there's another one. Did I miss one downtown? Downtown. I, I'm sorry, guys. Downtown Community, Christian and Addison Jay. All right. So y'all get in a get in a community, and we're not meant to do life alone. All right. Well, like I said, we started a series called Return. It starts today, and I just want to give some scriptural emphasis or um, series talking to me. Scriptural basis for what we're going to be digging into for this month. Jeremiah 24, 7 in the ESV says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Isaiah 6 verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. This is a call to return. And I've given a practical challenge to us as a church. And this is what I'm doing on my own, too. I'm not just like, y'all need to get it together, you know. Um, I'm doing this, and I'm asking this church to do this as well. Three things. During this month of return, we're making it personal. You know, if you're churchy, you know how easy it is to, to think about everybody else when the preacher's preaching or think about what everybody else needs to get their life together. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Make it personal. Look into your own heart. Look into your own life and let the Holy Spirit take you there, okay? Make it personal. And then the, the second challenge is to fast and pray. Whether it's 21 days, whether it's Daniel fast, whether it's for a week, whether it's for 14 days, the whole month, whether it's one day a week, you skip lunch, I don't care. Whatever it looks like, you just talked with the Lord about that. And I know some guys are doing like Tuesday. Dane told me the other day he's doing Tuesdays and Thursdays, not eating. So biblical fasting is abstaining from food in order that we might seek the Lord. It's not a punishment thing of like, I'm going to beat myself to death so Jesus will love me. It's not that that's religious stuff. It's I am saying no to what I'm craving because I know what I, who I need to crave is even more important than any appetite in my life. And so that's fact. I can tell you this, the times in my life where I've given God, my life for fact, I've, I've turned that over to fasting for him has have been the moments in my life where, where things have just taken off for me spiritually with the Lord, knowing him seasons of um, just increase and blessing and just just knowing his heart. I can tie it all back to times that I fasted such an important uh, discipline. And then number three, attend a prayer room. If you not attended a prayer room here at the dwelling, there are three options on uh, every week, Monday, 10 to 12 in this room, Wednesday night, 7 to 9 in this room, and Thursdays, 10 to 12 in this room. I'm talking about 10 to 12 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 p.m. You show up at 10 p.m., good. We got another prayer room. Just talk with Rachel and get trained. All right. So it's a call to consecrate ourselves. There, there's been, 
You know, we, we dream a lot around here. We talk about dreams. We're not that weird church that that's all we talk about. But how many know there's the word and there's spirit? And I think it's really valuable to marry the two. We're not just going off on a whim on, I feel like the Lord says. No, like he has a word that he's revealed to us and given to us. It's called the Bible, right? And in the Bible, he spoke to people in dreams. And we believe that God still speaks that way. Can I just tell you, since our dream series, there's been like an explosion of dreams. And a lot of them have the same theme. And it's prepare. They're dreams of preparation. They're dreams of us readying ourselves for what's coming. And I believe more than I ever have in my life that God's coming for this city. God's coming for Savannah. I know it's really easy, especially if you live in a place for a really long time and you, you begin to see parts of the city, you begin to see things about the city that aren't, aren't as desirable and you start to even wonder, man, why am I here? Why am I stuck here? I can tell you that seeking the Lord's heart for my city has given me a heart for my city. My heart burns for this place. My heart burns for this whole area. And I know that what the Lord wants to do is going to blow our minds. Can you see it? Can you see it? Lord, I pray right now that you give us a vision of what you want to do in this city. I pray right now, Lord, that while we are dreaming at night, that you would reveal your heart for what our assignment is in this place. Yes. He wants to do more than we could ask, think, or imagine. And it's more about, a, it's, it's not about a flash in the pan revival where it's booming. It's about deep renewal. In a city being transformed. But we're not there yet. Because right now he's calling us to prepare. Okay. He's calling us to prepare. For what he wants to pour out. Because he won't pour out more than we can handle. He wants the people who have the character. And the heart that can actually sustain the move of God. That he wants to bring. So he's moving the chess pieces. Uh, I have, I'm becoming more aware of people who are moving across the country to Savannah because God told them to. I talked talking to the family this week that are moving here. She just won't shut up. You hear that? I could silence it. Could I? Moving here because God told them to. Why are you here? Who moved to Savannah because God told you to move to Savannah? Like, he's moving the chess pieces. It is no accident that you are in this place at this season of your life. And you may be a, a student at SCAD. You may be a student at Georgia Southern. You're like, well, I don't live here. You're here. And God's got a purpose for you right now. And this, this season that we're in is a season of preparation. I don't know what God wants to do. 
I don't know what he wants to do, but I see it and I can feel it. And the atmosphere is changing in this church. The atmosphere is changing in our city. And it won't look like what we've seen before. It won't be like the revivals of the past. It'll have a, a taste of it, but it won't look like that. And unless we're ready, we'll miss what he's doing but it's because we can't recognize it. And so preparation is so, so important. And it's about the heart. It's not even about do we have the building to do it? No, it's about do we have this? Do we have the heart that can sustain what God wants to pour out? So I've heard people say, it doesn't matter what I do. God's just going to do what he wants to do, right? I love, I love this view of God's sovereignty where he's so big, he's just all powerful. I mean, we sang about this omnipotent God this morning. I mean, glad that he's not on my level, but he's more powerful than I am. I love that. But I think sometimes we can relegate everything to his, just whatever God wants. He's just going to do whatever he wants. And I don't have any responsibility in this thing. And can I just tell you, that's a very unbiblical way to think. Because when I read the Bible, I see a God who spoke the worlds into existence. And the very next thing he did was he said, all right, Adam and Eve, you guys co-rule with me, partner with me. Even when it came to giving language to what he had created, he's like, you name them. I, I see a, a, a man named Abraham and God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm going to do something really special in the earth. And I'm picking you and your family to do it through. So get up and go to a place I'll show you. Well, why couldn't God just do something special like he wanted to? Why did he have to choose somebody? Why did Abraham have to say yes? I don't know. This is how God works. But to think that God's just going to do what he wants without my participation is unbiblical. It's just not. It's not biblical. Moses. Moses, I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt. I want to go down and set my people free. And you know what he says? Go tell Pharaoh. He's looking for a people. He's looking for friends. He's looking for sons and daughters that want to get on board with what he's doing. He wants to share his work. He wants to share his power. He wants to share his heart the way he sees his mindset over every situation, over the city, over this church, over your family. He's looking for somebody to partner with him, not to say, God, please do it. Yes, prayer is about asking, but if we don't put feet to what we pray, why are we praying? You could be the answer you've been praying for. Like just your obedience could be the answer. So I, I see Moses again in the wilderness and he says, Moses, build a tabernacle for me. Now, could God go, poof, there's a tabernacle? Yes. But he gave detailed instructions, and he says, I want you to build it this way, and I want you to use this kind of stuff and put the, overlay this with gold and put this, like, very detailed. I'm looking for somebody who will build with me. I'm looking for somebody who will build with me. And then he, he comes, you go to the New Testament, Jesus walks up to a tax collector's booth and he says, Matthew, follow me. I love the soundtrack. 
He walks up to some guys fishing on the Sea of Galilee and they're tending their nets and he says, hey guys, follow me. Why? Because he's looking for partners. He's looking for people to share his glory with. He's looking for people to share his purposes with, to get stuff done. And he's asking you to get on board with it. He's asking me to get on board with it. To the servants at the wedding. I could go on and on forever. Hey, pour the water into those jars. And could it be, if you have thought about this, no, everybody at the wedding just thought the wine was good. The ones who got in on it saw the miracle happen. The, the people who actually moved in obedience in what Jesus did are the ones who saw the miracle. They literally saw it transform before their eyes. To the disciples, hey, well, there's a little kid over here. Jesus has got like, like his lunchbox. Jesus is like, no, here's the, here's the really crazy part. Hey, Jesus, everybody's hungry. Like, you've been preaching a long time. Like, maybe we should kind of dismiss and let them go eat. And Jesus says, you feed them. Yeah. <laughs> you feed them. And then the little boy shows up. And I don't know if you've ever read this, but he says, he, he, he starts, he blesses the bread. And then the, as the disciples are taking it and giving it out. It's multiplying. It's not like he had a lunchbox and Jesus goes, abracadabra, and then bam, there's like this huge pile of fish and bread. No, it happened through obedience. The disciples had to take what Jesus had and do what Jesus said. And so they took it, and as they passed it out, they, there was a miracle happening before their eyes. Can I suggest that I, I don't know if everybody there actually knew where the bread and the fish was coming from. They, oh, thank you so much. This is really good. But they didn't see the miracle happen right before their eyes. The disciples did because they were in on it. Miracles follow commands. Go wash in the Jordan seven times. Pick up your mat and walk. Have I convinced you that it takes participation? That's what faith's about. So in this series, that was my intro. I've got two minutes. <laughs> it's going to require participation. It's going to require us to actually do something. This is what preparation is about. Today I want to talk about a return to devotion. Really quick. In Hosea chapter 10, verse 1, it says this. It's going to be on the screen. It says, Israel is a luxuriant vine that yields its fruit. This is the Lord talking. The more his fruit increased, the more altars he built and his country improved. He improved his pillars. I love how God doesn't just blast them, but he actually says, this is what you've done. Man, y'all done a good job. You read the letters in Revelation where Jesus comes to the churches and he says, I love you for this. Man, you, you are rocking it at this, but here's what you need to work on. Here's what I'm inviting you into. Do you know that every conviction that you feel of the Holy Spirit is an invitation to go higher with Jesus? It's not about this guilt and shame thing. That's religion. If you feel conviction over your sin or things that are broken in your life, it's because you're receiving an invitation from the Lord to come up higher. And that's what's happening with the children of Israel right here in Hosea. God's heart is being revealed to, through the prophet. You've done really well for yourself. You have grown, guys. You have come such a long way. 
But then what happens in verse two is he says, but your heart is deceitful. And now they must bear guilt. It says the Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones. I hear the Lord saying this, like I want you to hear the both end of God. We talk about his, some parts of the church talk about his wrath and ignore his love. Some parts of the church talk about his love and ignore his holiness and his righteousness. And he's both. And he says, look, good job. You've built it. But if it's not built on a good foundation, I myself will tear it down. I will tear it down. And I don't know if that's easy for you to reconcile in your mind, in your heart about who God is, but he celebrates, but he will not tolerate something that doesn't honor him. He will not tolerate a divided heart. And here's what's interesting about this verse. It says deceitful. It's this word deceit in the Hebrew. It's halak. It means divided And it even is translated this way too, smooth and slippery. Do you know how easy it is to get a divided heart? It's a slippery slope. You're going along and you're loving Jesus and you're serving Jesus. And then you look back and you're like, oh, wait, where did this? What happened? There's some distance here. There's there's some division in my heart. And I didn't even realize that it happened. But the Lord sees it. And the only way, the only reason that he would call this out in his children is because he wants them to return. Can I, can I just say, today the Lord will not allow something to continue to be built on a faulty foundation. Why? Because he knows that the, the more we build on a faulty foundation, the harder the fall will be. Yeah. And in his mercy, he says, hey, well, hold up, stop. You're doing a good job. You've come a long way. But we're just off enough that if we don't correct now, we'll look back five years later and we're like, what happened? Can I, can I, can I, Lord, help us, help us to hear your heart in this. There's a warning for us. Can you hear the pleasure of the Lord saying, good job? And can you also hear him say, return? Return to me. In recent years, we've seen, you've seen it. We've seen a lot of stuff falling. We've seen some high profile leaders and movements. And it's not been pretty at all. It's been painful. And there's no part of my heart that takes delight in any of that. And there's no part of God's heart that takes delight in any of that. But we must be intentional in readiness in preparing our hearts lest we go the same way. Because it's not about how big you are. It's not big churches. It's not big names that fall. We all do. And if we're not careful, it's a slippery slope to a a divided heart. 
And the Lord's calling us in this moment to full devotion to him again. Wholehearted devotion to Jesus. We ought, it ought to cause, it, it does me, it causes a holy fear to rise in me because I think about our first Sunday as a church. And if I just get personal about, I mean, we're not talking about just everybody else. Let's get personal. Let's make it personal. I remember standing out in front of the AMC Theater on January 21st, 2018, looking out the windows. Nobody's in the parking lot. It's 10 minutes till. I'm like, is anybody going to show up for our first service at the Dwelling Church? We have set all this stuff up. We have scraped Skittles, popcorn, things I can't mention from the floor of the theater. And we have prepared a place for people. Is God going to show up and are people going to show up? And y'all, from that moment to where we are now, is it blows my mind. The miracles that we've seen here, the marriages restored, the people who've been set free from addiction, the people who've been, been healed physically, mentally, emotionally, the people who've been set free from their uh, life of sin, and they're walking with Jesus now. He's transformed us. He's done so much. And I feel, I really feel the pleasure of the Lord. Like, you've grown. You've done so well. And I also feel his heart say, because of that, do not lose sight of me. You don't have to be super big to lose sight of Jesus either. And it's a tender, I've, be, I've begged God this morning. I was like, God, I know I'm kind of a tender guy, like, you know. I don't want to round off the severity of what you're trying to tell us, but also don't want to be the mean guy either. I, like, I, I want you to just demonstrate your heart this morning. Like, just let us know you. Let us hear you on both sides of this thing. He's so proud of us. But he's saying, hey. Let's stop for a minute and let's evaluate and let's realign and let's go back to the main things. He says, you're not totally off the road, but you're, we just need a correction. I've begun to see areas in my life where my devotion has waned. There's one thing about testing that will happen. It will reveal your heart. And we've been through that season of testing. I've been through the season of testing. My family's been through that season. Many, many of you have in the last several months. And it's revealing things that during this season he wants to take care of. Because a lot of those things that are ugly in our hearts just come from divided hearts. And I'm talking about me. I'm talking about my life. And I know that if if the man who God has called to lead this thing is hearing this about his own life, I'm not the only one in this room. I'm not the only one, you know, the, those of you watching online, the Lord is showing you things in your heart and your life, and it's not a shame, guilt thing. It's like return, return to me. So there's, there's hope for us. We don't have to go off the path. We can return. He's intentionally calling us back. His mercy is for today. Today is the day of salvation. I love Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, a little later on. This is the solution. He's like, yeah, you, you've got some slipperiness in your heart. It's become divided, but here's the solution. 
Hosea 10, 12, sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. So what does this look like? Let's break this apart really quick. What does sowing righteousness look like in your life right now? Ask him. I can't tell you. Because it's different for Danielle than it is for Jamin. It's different for Stefan than it is for Baxter. Like, the Lord has to reveal this. This is what fasting is for. We're sowing righteousness. We're sowing righteousness. We're planting goodness. And so what you're doing when you're fasting and you're praying is you're actually planting something that you're going to see later. So what are, you plant, what are you planting right now? What does sowing righteousness look like? And then number two, he, he talks about breaking up unplowed ground. I mean, you know, that's violent. Have you ever, you've ever walked behind a tractor or seen that happen? Like there's smooth ground that just gets turned up and destroyed. I mean, it looks like destruction, but without destruction, there can't be life. That's planted and, and, and a harvest can't happen until the, pl- the ground is plowed. What are the areas of your life that you don't want to go there, but the Lord's saying, no, we need to go there. Let's, un- let's plow that ground that, man, we've let it kind of got undisturbed. We've placated things and we've we said, no, it'll be all right. I'm under grace. And the Lord is like, Mm-mm, we're tearing that up because I know what's best. And I know that the harvest can't come through your life until we break that ground up. Can I just, can, can you hear his voice? Don't resist him. Don't resist him calling you to those deep places. And then the final thing he says in this verse is seek the Lord. Seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. The original Hebrew meaning of the word seek Guess what it is? Return. It's a turn. It's, co- it's going from this way. It doesn't mean just seek like looking for him. It means I'm going this way and all of a sudden, oh, I need to look for him. I need to seek him and I need to return to him. I've shared this story a lot here. When I was in college, there's a season of my life where I was away from the Lord. I wasn't walking with him. Um, matter of fact, I look at some of you guys that are just burning so hot for Jesus. And I was like, I wish that would have been me in college. But I looked like a, I looked like a roller coaster when I was in college. I was living for Jesus one week and the next week I didn't look anything like him. It was, a, it was this, tug of war. And there was a season of my life where I just... I had, I felt like there were a million miles away between me and the Lord, but my heart was burning and yearning so much for him because I missed him. And I'm going to tell you, if you know him, you will miss him. And I'm not too worried about people walking away from the faith right now, because if they really knew him, they'll be back. They'll be back. So don't get stressed out at your kids or your People that you've been praying for that are walking away from the Lord, if they know him, they'll be back. Because you can't forget a man like that. You can't walk away from a man like Jesus and be satisfied. Maybe I'm talking to somebody in here. You can't walk away from Jesus and be satisfied.
today's the day that you need to return. And I was in the library at my college campus. And I just, I, it's the only place I knew to go just to get alone. And I went on the second floor of Lurleen B. Wallace Library at Troy University. And I opened my Bible and I got in a corner. And I don't, you ever been so desperate, you just turn the Bible open, just start reading, you know? God, talk to me. The worst verses started coming up. Like, you have left me for other lovers. Jeremiah, for crying out loud. Why did I have to turn to Jeremiah? Could have been like a nice little psalm or something. But he says, you've walked away. You've hewn sisters for your, cisterns for yourself that hold no water. And my heart was broken. I felt that so much. It was so personal. It's like the Lord himself just came and just broke my heart even more. But he tears us in order to heal us. He breaks us to restore us. He breaks us to bind us up. And my heart was broken in that moment of how I'd walked away from the Lord. And then I just, I don't know, I turned to Isaiah for no apparent reason. It's just like, let's get out of Jeremiah. <laughs> and I read chapter 58, chapter 59, chapter 60, chapter 61. And there's this thing that comes alive in me. And, and, and it's like God came to where I was at the very lowest place is where he met me. The most shame I'd ever carried in my life. Lord, I don't even deserve for you to even talk to me. I don't even deserve to know you. I have turned my back on you. And he's like, I'm here. I, I've never gone anywhere. I'm here. And here's what I have to say about your life. And there was no shame in it. I didn't need to be, I didn't need to be whooped. <laughs> And I, I get the whole thing about interpreting scripture. I realize this was for these people. This is a messianic prophecy, all that. But the Lord gave me this word for my life too. And he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to a prisoner, he said that. That's what he does. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vigilance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. It's like as he was doing what he was saying, he was also giving me an assignment to do this and bring this to other people. To grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of their mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint, a faint spirit, a heavy spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. He tore me. And he healed me in a moment. He pulled me out of a pit and he set my feet on a rock and he said, here's where we're going. We're not living there anymore. We're not living in the past. We're not living in shame. I have a purpose and I have an assignment for your life. And it's high time you got up out of this desk in this library 
and started seeking my face. Because I'm good and I love you. And I got good plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. What we don't read of the following verse is that if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. You'll find him. Saturday night or Saturday morning, yesterday morning, I woke up preaching this message to you. That's a weird thing preachers do sometimes. And as I woke up, I was saying, he wants our whole heart. He wants our whole heart. And as I'm coming out of sleep, I hear this phrase. And I'm not going to interpret this very much. I'm just going to say what I felt like the Lord was saying to me and to us. As I'm waking up Saturday morning, if we'll make him a priority, he'll make us a promise. If if we'll make him a priority, he'll make us a promise. So why is the Lord doing this right now? Why is he calling us into this season? Why this message this morning? Because number one, he's good. Number two, he loves you. Number three, he wants your whole heart. Number four, he's the best thing. That's why. So how do we respond to it? So that's on him, right? What's on us? Just come home. Just come home. Repent of your sin. Turn from your idols and give your whole heart to Jesus. Can we stand? Guys, want to come play or something? I don't know what that looks like in your life. I know what it looks like in mine. It's one thing about when you set your face to seek him and when you, when you fast, it's an amazing thing. You can actually hear him a little better. <laughs> and so there are going to be things that he brings up that we have to do something about. And I believe in this room that he's done that today. And so, just in these moments, this is what I want to do every Sunday this month. Maybe this is just a new thing. Like old school altar call. Just old school. Get on your face and repent of your sin and return to the Lord. Can we do that? Come on. What is it in your life he's calling you away from? What is, he, what, is he, what is he calling you to repent of? What is he calling you to surrender to him? What is he calling those places where your heart has become divided and slippery and you've let things slide in, but now you're saying, Lord, I just want to give you my whole heart. I don't want to live a divided life anymore. I'm giving you my whole heart. Lord, I've worried about this. I've worried about that. And I'm tired of it. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart completely. Sometimes it just takes stepping out, getting on our knees. Sometimes it it looks like walking across the room and saying, you know, the first thing I need to do is get right with somebody. I heard a preacher say one time, you can't be wrong with people and right with God. Come on, just respond. Just respond to him. Just respond.
Just continue to, to pray and press in. Let the Lord speak to you and you just talk to him. But Andrea Gines has something I feel like the Lord gave her that is for this room right now. So I'm going to let her share that. Um, this morning during worship, I just had this overwhelming feeling of just God's goodness. And he just kept, kept reiterating it to me over and over. Set your feet on the firm foundation. Like, I am your firm foundation just gets so deeply rooted that no matter what hurricane, no matter what storm comes, that your tree will stand by the river so strong, so intensely. And um, it was like at the end of worship, it was just overwhelming. And this is before I even know what Pastor Gunner was even preaching. And I feel like it lines up so perfectly with the message. So I know God is speaking this word. But it brings us to, um, I kept hearing Matthew 25, 31 through 33, where it says, All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And I just feel like God is having this moment of, it's a defining moment in your life. I don't know if it's for us as a church or if a specific person here, but he's saying, it's time to make a choice and be rooted in me. Set your feet on the firm foundation that I am because I am faithful and I'm worth it and I am so good. So that's just what I'm hearing right now. And just know that you're special enough that God wants that to be heard. I'll say this. Specifically, stay, stay up here, Andrew. Specifically, if you, if you feel like I don't know the Lord, would you be bold enough to come and talk to Andrea and let her pray for you and lead you to Jesus? Like you may, listen, don't, there's no shame. We can go to church for years and we don't really have Jesus. We just have church. We just have religion. Today's the day to meet Jesus. Come talk to Andrea, okay? If you've been away from the Lord for a while, come, just come make it right. He's not, he's not condemning. He's saying return. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to soft close. And the altar is going to be open. And if you want to come, you can come. If you want to see, receive ministry, just grab somebody. We or Some of our community leaders or leaders that you recognize and just, just ask them, hey, will you pray for me? But, um, but we're going to dismiss. If you got kids, go get your kids out of kids' church. If you want to come back, you can. But let's just pray. And with the intention of we're not walking away from what the Lord is doing in our lives. We're just getting started. This is the beginning and it gets better from here. So Lord, we just thank you for your convicting, sweet, tender, Holy Spirit today that has just fallen in this place and is touching hearts, reminding us of your goodness, reminding us, Lord, of, of things that we need to give to you. And I, we're just so grateful we're so grateful that when we, when we trade anything 
and get you, we've got the best thing. We've received the best thing. And so, Lord, as we go right now, Lord, we just pray that this week we'd have open eyes and ears as we fast, as we pray, as we come to prayer room, as we make it personal. Lord, that you would transform us from the inside out. Ready us. Make us ready. Prepare us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.